0: In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Robin, who's a Pilates instructor over at The Balanced Life. You guys, I am such a fan of Robin's, and I asked her to be on the podcast because of a conversation I've had with a lot of my girlfriends and readers and listeners lately. So many of us have come to this place in life where we're just not in the shape we want to be and We're not as healthy as we want to be. It happens for a lot of reasons. Maybe we just had a baby or have been going through a major life transition, or we've just been busy and focusing on other things. But regardless of how we got there, it's a really discouraging place to be. We know we want to make some life changes, we want to feel better and healthier and more confident in our skin, but it feels like this giant uphill battle to actually get there. Sometimes it just feels impossible. That's exactly where I found myself a few years back and Robin was instrumental in the process of me getting healthy again. She has some amazing tips and insights, practical ways to make health and fitness a part of our lives that are actually doable um, and to really help us feel confident and comfortable and beautiful in our skin. I cannot wait for you to meet her. But before we get into our conversation, there's something that I want to make absolutely sure you guys know about. So next week on Monday, September 18th, my online course, Make the Most of Your Single Life is opening back up again. You guys, this course is one of my favorite things that I get to do all year, leading women through this course. Seriously, one of the highlights of my year. And if you can use some encouragement in your single and dating life, I would absolutely love for you to join us. Um, The website is loveyoursinglelife.com, or you can find out all about it through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at Esme Wilson over on Instagram. But here are just a few of the things we're going to be talking about in this course. We're going to talk about how to enjoy your single life. The season will last forever, but while it does, let's make the very most of it and really enjoy it. We're going to be talking about how to use this season to become the woman you've always wanted to be and how that's the very best way to set yourself up for the kind of relationship you've always wanted. I'm going to be sharing a powerful tool for building confidence that has seriously made such a difference in my life. And confidence also happens to be your dating secret sauce, and we'll talk about that a ton in the course. We're going to talk about how to find good, quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We're going to talk about how to invest in yourself and your friendships and your relationship with God and in your dreams. We're going to talk about how to be proactive in dating while still being pursued. And we're gonna talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single because unfortunately, it doesn't wait until marriage to show up, right? Though you wish it would. You guys, that's even just the beginning of what we're going to be talking about in this course. But if any of those things hit home, if you um, could use any encouragement in your singular dating life, I would so love for you to join us. Go to loveyoursinglelife.com or click the link in my Instagram profile to hear all about it. Um, But I wanted to make sure to tell you guys about it because doors are only open for five days. Um, They open on September 18th and they'll close on September 22nd. Um, And if you're listening to this episode like outside of that window, go to the website anyway, and you can sign up for the waiting list for the next time we open up the doors. But if this is up your alley, I would love for you to join us. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Robin. Um, Okay, y'all, I am like so excited about who we have on the podcast today. Um, I'm probably going to embarrass myself as I talk about how much I love our guest. Um, but before we do that, Robin, would you just introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do and, and maybe a fun fact. That's become kind of my thing is like, tell me a fun fact because it's funny to hear what people come up with. So yeah, yes. tell us who you
1: are. Okay, I'm Robin, and I am the creator of The Balanced Life, and I'm also a Pilates instructor. Uh, The Balanced Life is a website dedicated to helping busy women love their bodies, and really, I just provide a lot of online resources, Pilates workouts, bar workouts, to help women get fit from home and do so in a really balanced way with a really healthy perspective on diet, exercise, and just living a healthy, balanced life overall. So that is what I do. And a fun fact about me is that I have to have coffee every day and it's decaf. (laughs) So I don't know what it is. It's not a caffeine thing, but I still like have to have my coffee or I feel like I can't get going. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. That's like the definition of a placebo effect, I feel like. Exactly. <laughs> you know? 100%. It That's so, so funny.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's a great fun fact. Um okay, so you guys seriously, Robin, I am so happy to have you here. Um you and I have been I don't know what you like what you call people who are like like know each other the way we do. I always call people like blog friends. Like we're blog friends. Like somehow, and I honestly don't remember how, but like somehow at some point we got connected and we've gotten to kind of collaborate on a few things and um and but we never have actually gotten to meet in person, which is so sad because you used to live right by where I grew up. And I feel like we kept trying to make it happen and just never, like we're never able to connect.
1: I know, I know. Hopefully soon. I still am holding out hope that we'll make it happen somehow. <laughs>
0: I, need to, I am too. I am too. Um well and you live in Santa Barbara, right? Which I just mm-hmm. love. So uh maybe we'll just this'll this'll happen at some point. <laughs> um, but so so we've never gotten to like actually hang out, but I really um I just am such a fan of yours. Um I'm such a fan of what you do and what you do online and the way that you encourage women. Um and you've like really played an important part in my life, which um, I feel like everyone always apologizes when they say that about people they haven't gotten to hang out with in person. Um, But really, like you've played such an important role in my life, um, in my fitness and in my health journey. Um, And so that's why I'm so happy to have you here, because I know that I'm not the only one who's been where I've been. Um, And I know that like, if you can help me and all of the women that you help so much, I know that you can be a great resource for the women in our community, too.
1: Um, I love hearing that. I uh, love your journey and it inspires me too. So
0: gosh, I sent when, when I was um, asking Robin to be on the podcast, I sent her like the longest email. and was like, I just need you to know why, why I want to have you on. And so actually, um, so Robin kind of the heart of this podcast is that it's, I want it as much as possible to just feel like a girl's night at your best friend's house. Um, really, if I had my way, everyone would just come over to my house and we would just like hang out and eat pizza and talk about our lives. And so this is like the next best thing. Um, and so kind of in the spirit of that, I would love to just sort of, I think, maybe take one for the team and um, share a little bit about my journey um, and kind of where I've been and have you really speak into that and really like um, just see if you can give us some some tips or tricks um, for, for women who found themselves in the place where I've been, because I absolutely know I'm not the only one. So I just want to share about that for a second, if that's cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So somewhere in the time, like before my husband and I got married, it was like kind of when we started dating um, and then, you know, into like six or so months after we got married, I gained a lot of weight and nothing was going on like health wise. It wasn't, you know, I didn't start a different kind of medication or, I mean, there was no like reason. My body was fine. I just honestly stopped paying attention. Um, and one of my girlfriends calls them the fappies, the fat and happies that happen when you get married, <laughs> because for some reason I just feel like, you know, your wedding pictures are taken, you're totally like in love. And all of a sudden there's like, you know, a cute boy to hang out with instead of going to the gym first thing in the morning. And I don't know, I don't know if that's, if that happens to so a lot of people, it's definitely happened to me and it, and it's happened to a lot of women I know. Um, and so really that, that happened, I just kind of stopped paying attention and, you know, we were going out to eat a lot and making dinners at our house. And, um, and really, I mean, I gained like, like lot, like lots of weight, um, all at once. And for a while, I kind of didn't notice, but then like, I started having to like unbutton my pants at my desk at work, (laughs) like just kind of slyly because my jeans were just like cutting into me. All my clothes started to get really, really uncomfortable getting dressed in the morning was just a nightmare. And I just started to feel, I was like, I felt lethargic and uncomfortable. And the fact that none of my clothes fit made it really hard. Yeah. made getting dressed in the morning a battle. And, um, I feel like in some ways I became a little bit less social because I feel like when you don't feel comfortable in your skin, and especially when you feel like you have nothing to wear, it's hard to hang out with people. Um, and then there's kind of the thing on top of that, that I just got married. And when all that you want to wear is sweatpants, like that's not Awesome when you're a newlywed, you know? Like um it just makes I don't know, I feel like it just like adds some complication to the matter. Um, and so I really just did not feel comfortable with my skin and it all kind of came to a head. Um, I was going to my cousin's wedding and my husband Carl was helping me get like pick out clothes and stuff. He was just hanging out with me while I packed. And I knew that most of my dresses wouldn't fit because I, you know, I I had like kind of um i been, I was paying enough attention to know probably nothing's gonna fit, minus this one dress. And it was this really like loose-fitting shift dress. And that was like my go-to. Well, I put it on and you guys, I could barely get it over my body. And it used to be so loose fitting. And that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I like put on all of my big, huge sweatpants and started crying. And I'm like laying in my bed, crying. And Carl's sweet man, like took me to the store the next day to get bigger pants and like flowy tops. And just, I mean, I finally kind of owned up to what was happening, but I felt so defeated. And in that moment, laying, (laughs) laying in my bed with my sweet husband, I just I really did. I felt so defeated. I felt so owned by this. I felt so, um, I I had no idea how to move forward because like I put on all the weight, but I had, I really didn't know how to take it back off. And I knew like, you know, kind of some common sense things to do, but mostly I was afraid I wouldn't be able to make myself do them. And it, Mm -hmm. it just felt like this massive road ahead of me to get back into a place where I was healthy and felt good in my skin and, um, where I was back, you know, in like good shape and stuff. It just felt like an impossible mountain to climb. Um, and really right in the middle of that is when I really started working out with you. Um, mm. and it's funny cause Carl totally like, he'll be like, what did you do today? And I'm like, well, kind of hung out with Robin and, and I have to confess, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in your community that does this, that I have said some not very nice words to you without you knowing, <laughs> particularly during side planks. I'm not a fan <laughs> at this time. <laughs> like, oh gosh, Robin, I nope, nope. <laughs> so, um, but really like um you've been huge in my in my fitness journey and my health and um and I just I love your approach. And so, um I I really wanted to kind of share that cuz I know I'm totally not the only one who's felt that way. Have you like you lead so many women. Is that a common story? Is is the, like am I the only one who's been there?
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a very common story. I, extremely common and it's very similar to my story as well. And I think it's an interesting story because it's where, it's where so many of us find ourselves. It's, and it's not that like morbidly obese or, you know, significantly obese medical issues, that kind of thing, which is also very real and also a problem that needs to be solved for people. But there's the, you're explaining very much of what I experienced. Um, it was actually for me, it was right before I got married and, um, it's, it's very normal, but we get to that place where, like you said, either you're just not paying attention or maybe you have high stress in your life, or maybe you're just too busy and you don't have time you're not prioritizing yourself, whatever it is. But it gets you to that point of just really not feeling like your best self. And I love what you said about how it affected your social life. I can relate to that so much. And obviously there's a balance to be found here, right? That we'll talk about in today's podcast of, you know, how much, how much the size of our body and the size of clothes we're wearing matters. But there is a reality that when we know we're not at our healthiest place and like it's our actions are not aligning with who we are and the choices we're making aren't serving us, then it does affect the way we feel each day. And it does affect the way we show up in the world in our confidence. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I can picture myself in my apartment with my husband when we were first married and getting dressed to go meet my girlfriends for happy hour and just like dreading it, not wanting to get dressed. I wanted to come home and put on sweats. I did not want to put on my jeans that were so uncomfortable and you know, like I just didn't want to do it. And so I, I can totally, you kind of nailed it, that I think sometimes we don't realize the way how we're feeling in our body can spill over into how we show up in our friendships, our social life, our marriage, our leadership roles. And it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. And I love hearing your story. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, of course. And, and, um, So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I've, I've heard you talk about this and I've, and I've read, um, kind of read your words on this, but you mentioned that you've struggled with like food and body image and stuff. Can you kind of tell us, like, tell us that story in your life? How has that looked in your life? Yeah.
1: Yeah, So for me, my story is not dramatic, but it's sort of like what you're sharing in that, it's very common, and that right there is kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing today. So I grew up dance. Well, I was played a lot of sports. Eventually, fell in love with dance and kind of committed myself to dance through my high school years. And um, that can obviously be a bit of a um, competitive, aesthetically focused. Um, area of, you know, you look in a mirror all day at yourself in tight clothes next to girls, your age, and you sit there and basically compare yourself to the girls next to you or you get fitted for, you know, I got fitted for dance costumes with all these girls. And even if you're not trying to care about your body image, it's just so obvious. It's like, well, she's wearing this size and she's wearing this size. Or, you know, I remember I was actually, I did some professional dancing as well. And I was doing this show where I had to wear these go-go boots. Um, which is hilarious now, but, (laughs) and I, they, you know, they got the costumes there. We had to just wear them and it was time to perform. And I have big calves. I've always had big calf muscles and I could not get the boots zipped. All the girls had their boots up and I could not get my, the boots over my heel, uh, calves. And it's not a big deal in the big picture of life, but it's a little microcosm of just that, like feeling of comparison and what does my body look like? compared to other people. So I always had those, even though I, my parents were fantastic in helping me build confidence and create a healthy home. What I find so interesting is even though I had that in my home, I was still so influenced by the media, magazines, TV, you know, just being a girl and just yes. kind of the pressures that come at us, even when we don't even realize it. And so for me, I was always trying to lose weight. I was never, you know, the skinniest, and I wanted to be the skinniest. That that was just my journey. That's not everyone's, but that was sort of like the going thing. Was like skinny is good, and I wanted to be skinny. <laughs> that was just kind of my growing up life. So for that reason, I was always feeling really negative about my body because I'm a very average sized girl, and and but the goal was always to weigh less. And I feel like for many people that is still kind of the thought process is just, just to weigh less, to be a size smaller. Even if you're a size six, you want to be a size four, you know, you're a size 10, you want to be size eight. And so that was my challenge growing up. And then, um, I started, I went to college, gained Gained the weight, mm-hmm. the college weight. Mine was probably about a freshman 20 pounds, somewhere yeah. around there. Totally, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, did that. Again, social life, clothes were not fitting, um, just not feeling great about myself. But the interesting thing was is I was spending a ton of time during that time in my life focusing on exercise and weight loss and trying to lose weight and eating foods that I thought were going to help me lose weight. I was kind of obsessed with it, and yet I was – at my heaviest, not confident, not comfortable. And so I just didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't like looking back now, I was wasting a bunch of time on things that weren't serving me and making me healthier, like just trying to eat diet foods. And this is a whole nother topic of (laughs) what I was doing wrong, Um, which I actually do teach a lot about on that, like what I was doing wrong. And then just time went on. Before I got married, I started dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. Gained about twenty five pounds. Like I remember stepping on the scale, being like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" Kind of like you, Stephanie. It was just like this, like gradual thing that I was just like, "Yes, I knew my clothes were getting tighter. Yes, I wasn't feeling good." I was just enjoying. I was having a great time in life. I was going out with my girlfriends all the time, you know, having snacks late at night. Like it was just a fun time, but I wasn't taking good care of myself. So all that to say, um, I've gone up and down with my body image, and the whole time for me, um, it was kind of a bondage. It was a it was being in a place of not freedom, um, and it and it wasn't even. It's like it wasn't even necessarily related to what my weight was at the time. It was just I was unhappy in my body kind of regardless and always wanting to be different or better or skinnier or whatever it was at the time. So I've had a long journey with body image, and that is what has led me to do what I do. Now, Um, Pilates was very transformative for me. That happened to be one of the things that really came to me in a time of my life when I needed it. And helped me make some really big shifts because it changed my relationship with exercise and it changed my relationship with my body. And once those two relationships started to shift in my life, things started to fall into place. And I found a more natural relationship with diet and exercise that led to a place of more freedom. And so that is where I have found, oh my gosh, this is what I want other people to experience. I live in so much freedom now that I never experienced before. And I want everyone to experience that freedom.
0: Okay. So how, how did Pilates do that? Like, what was it about? Because I feel like, um, I have loved Pilates. Um, but I feel like some people see it as like slightly harder yoga or, I mean, I know it's a, it's a, it's workout philosophy, like totally in itself and a type of workout all in its all on its own. What it, what was it about Pilates that helped do that?
1: Yes. So Pilates is mind body exercise, right? And we hear that thrown around kind of like yoga, Pilates. But what that really means is when you're doing Pilates, when you're doing these exercises, and for those who don't know Pilates, Pilates is harder. Well, I shouldn't say that. Pilates is different than yoga in that you're actually doing strengthening exercises. So repetitions of strengthening exercises that can feel very hard. So like what you're saying, Stephanie, of like side planks, ah, like it's not necessarily um, like a feel good, easy workout. It does leave you feeling good um, and it is low impact, but it's quite challenging, right? Totally. When yes. you're, when you're doing it. Yes. So um, sometimes I want to clarify that for people because they're like, I don't know, it, it looks like stretching, mm-hmm. but it's actually quite, you know, you're challenging your muscles in pretty good ways. So But it's mind-body exercise. So rather than just going and mindlessly exercising for an hour, like what I used to do is just go on the elliptical, read a magazine or watch a show and kind of go through the motions for as long as I could and count the calories and hope that was going to be enough to see some results. And newsflash, it never was. It never brought results for me. Not saying the elliptical can't, but there are a lot smarter ways you can exercise And so for me, Pilates really helped me shift that because I spent an hour or however long my workout was building muscle, but also connecting my mind with my body. And for me, that was transformative. And for many people, they're like, what's the magic in Pilates? When you start to connect your mind to your body again, big shifts can happen. So it can... For me, it helped me tremendously with anxiety because you're using your mind and you're focusing on your body and your movement and your breath, which is essentially many of the similar benefits that you get when you meditate Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like it really does change the chemistry that's going on in your brain and help you feel more peaceful, more calm, more relaxed, more focused. And then additionally... I used to see exercise, like I said, as kind of that elliptical style. Or if I felt like I went out with my girlfriends and had too much pizza, then the next day I had to go run to like punish myself for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would never use those words at the time. I would have never said, Oh, I'm punishing myself today. But I would have said, Oh my gosh, I ate so much pizza. I have to work out today. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would have been my motivation. And I would have just tried to burn as many calories and, how many, you know, and just hope that that was again, enough to like make up for the damage I had done by eating a very normal food that didn't need to be made up for, but I thought that it did. Mm -hmm. And so that was my mentality. When I started doing Pilates, I started experiencing this way of exercising that was not a form of punishment. Like you don't get that same, you're not focused in the same way on just like, sweating it out or burning calories. Instead, you're thinking about how does my body feel today? How is my alignment? You know, okay, am I connecting to this muscle as I do this exercise? Am I breathing deeply? Can I make it through this? Like you have this whole new internal conversation and it it does actually change your brain, how it's wired, how you think, how you connect to your body. And when you feel more connected to your body and you feel more peaceful, you make better choices in the rest of your life. And so that is a big shift that happens on the mat and then carries into your life off of the mat. So it's not always what people think it is like, Oh, just do these 10 exercises and you'll get really great legs. That's part of it. But what's really happening is the way you are connecting with your body. Again, learning how to take care of yourself, building a positive relationship with exercise in your body. And then probably Stephanie, I'm guessing you experienced some of this what that does for you then kind of the rest of your day or you know when you're making choices in the kitchen or something similar
0: totally like i think that when you when I haven't done anything good for my body in a while, it's really easy for me to just be like, well, not doing good things anyway. So might as well, like, I feel like that phrase might as well, whatever, you know, and and really, I mean, I can do that for years, which is how I got to that place. Like, you know, before and after I got married and, um, but I think, yeah, when you've done something good for your body, you don't want to like mess it up or something. You know, you're, I, I think it, you don't have that might as well excuse. Um, and I also think the thing that, um, I love that you said the thing about like, um, anxiety because specifically, um, back in June, um, it was like, I mean, this whole summer has been totally crazy for us. Um, Carl and I were traveling like every weekend in June. We were selling our house at the end of June to put all of our stuff in storage because we were going to be gone all of July and also, technically homeless for all of July I mean it was crazy and that was I was um finishing my devotional and my prayer journal and so I was in just this absolutely insane season of work um and all this was crashing in all at the same time and I should have been just a mess but basically like every the one thing that I made sure to do every day was exercise um mm-hmm. and I think I was doing Pilates like three times a week or something. And then I was taking long walks and stuff like that. And it seemed like the kind of season where all of that should fall by the wayside. But somehow, and I don't know if I even did this consciously, I just was like, no, I need this. And Mm. when I think back to that season, like it was crazy, but also I didn't feel as crazy in it. And I really think that that exercise, just it really lessened my
1: anxiety in so many ways. And I just got through it. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It has been Life changing for me in terms of my exercise. And the same thing was yeah, I get off the mat or come back from a class and be like, I feel good. Like I feel a little stronger, feel healthier. And now, you know, I'm much more tempted to go make a healthy smoothie instead of like going to get a burger and fries. And I don't know about you, but one thing for me, and I still don't get me wrong, everyone who's listening, like I still love to go for runs, I still, you know, do other kinds of workouts from time to time, but like my home and my passion and my number one is Pilates. Um, but for me, I still like, if I go for a really hard run or let's say just did a really long session of cardio, I'm, I actually have, this is me personally. I'm much more tempted to be like, I am wiped and I just want to refuel and I want to eat all the chips or whatever, because I'm exhausted and I worked it off and I'm just, I'm hungry. I literally am way hungrier when I do exercise like that. Like that's, that's true because my metabolism is revved, but I really have that connection. And when I do Pilates, I don't feel that way at all. I feel much more like energized and like maybe, you know, I'm kind of, I hesitate to use this word, but like more in control of my choices
0: That's so funny. Like that it's, it's hard, it's hard enough and easy enough all kind of at the same time. Like it's hard enough to really challenge you and to make you really focus. And, and, and I think part of the thing that's so meditative about it is that you can't multitask like you can't. And I feel like I've tried. Um, you can't, you can't multitask. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you're doing, um, one, I mean, there is a lot of, of form that goes into it where, you know, and like, I feel like you always say that you're like, okay, don't let your hips drop. And I like look at my hips and they've totally dropped. And I'm like, crap, (laughs) you have to get them back up. Um, but really you're focusing on your form. And, and so you can't focus on anything else other than your body and, and how it's doing and just doing one more, or, or trying to like, You know, connect your core this time, or you know, just different things. So I feel like it's really meditative for that reason. But I I completely agree that it's not so hard that you're just you know ravenous afterwards. And so it is kind of that happy medium where you don't feel like you need to refuel with all the chips in the cabinet, you know. Mm -hmm. But you you feel like you did something really good. And I think the other thing that's really cool about it is, and I think just about exercise in general it's sort of the inverse of when we're not exercising and we don't feel good in our skin, like we are really defeated and discouraged. And, you know, it kind of keeps us out of other parts of our lives. But I think the opposite is true that when we've done a hard workout, and I know for me, like planks were so hard for me at the beginning and I just couldn't do them. And like, you know, after a while of practicing, I can do them longer. And that confidence totally seeps into the rest of your life where you're like, yes, I couldn't do this and now I can. And so maybe that's true in other areas of your life. It's just really empowering.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think the takeaway too, between, you know, it's not that running is bad or anything like that, but is getting that connection awareness back to how you, how different forms of exercise make you feel Mm -hmm. and how, it affects, like you're saying, how it seeps into the rest of your life. I think that's kind of the takeaway there is don't just do what you think you should be doing or what you've always done, but really start to explore with exercise, which, how do you feel after you complete a Pilates workout? How do you feel after you complete a run? What does that look like the rest of your day? What, you know, what keeps you going? What builds that confidence in you? And I think that is like what you're saying. It will find what, find what makes you feel your best and how that pay attention to how that affects the rest of your life as well.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, I completely agree with what you were saying about, um, exercise being a punishment. Sometimes I think all of us do that. I feel like everyone as they're listening is like nodding, like crazy during that. Um, cause mm-hmm. we really do punish ourselves with it sometimes. And I think that realizing the exercise can be enjoyable. Like one of the things I love doing more than anything is taking walks. Um, Me too. and I got a Fitbit Like a year and a half ago, and I swear I still use it. I'm so because it's a fun game for me to like kind of watch and see, like get up a little bit more, you know, like oh, 200 more steps, I can do that. But I love walking and and just figuring out what it is that you love and what's good for your your mind and and what you enjoy. And I was talking to my best friend yesterday, and she was telling me about she goes to Zumba as often as she can. Mm -hmm. She that girl loves to dance, like she just loves like get down, and so. Zumba is so fun for her because it's a great cardio workout. I mean, you're dripping in sweat by the end of it, but you don't feel like you're working out. At least she doesn't because yes. she's yes. having so much fun.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, That's
0: huge. So I, I have a lot of questions about, um, kind of what we should be doing. And, and so really I would love to kind of go in that direction. Um, so if we found ourselves in this place where we just haven't been paying attention Or, you know, maybe for a year or a couple months or our whole lives, you know, we, we find ourselves in a place where we're not as healthy as we want to be. And regardless of size, regardless of, you know, pant size or weight, or just, we just know that we're not at our best and we want to be at our best. Um,
1: where do we start? Like, how do we get started? Yeah, that's a great question. And my advice is always, I guess it's kind of twofold. First is to come up with one small step, one small change you can make. And this can be really small. Like it can be as small as drinking an extra glass of water per day or an extra water bottle per day, you know, or maybe you even put a number on it, 64 ounces or whatever. It depends, right? If you're drinking zero water, maybe you just start with one glass of water. And the goal is to make one small change first and build on that confidence. So once you feel like you've gotten that one small change in place, then you add another small change in place. And this is proven to be the most effective way through, you know, all kinds of psychological journals and studies to make lasting changes rather than jumping on the latest bandwagon, you know, that's like, oh, I'm going to do oh, an entire cleanse and I'm going to cut out sugar forever and I'm going to, you know, also become a vegan and yes. do all the things because I cuz I'm reading all these things that tell me that's what I need to do. Yes. There's value in all kinds of different styles of eating and all these things, but if you really are just like, I don't know what to do, pick one small change. Maybe like master it for like a week you know, maybe longer if that, if you need longer, but give it enough time that you're like, I got that. And then you'll feel good. You'll feel proud of yourself. Then add one more thing and just go like that until the changes add up. And I would say too, kind of to add on that, if you're thinking specifically as far as exercise goes, just like we talked about is find something you enjoy. And so don't get too caught up in oh, I need to be doing strength training. I need to be doing cardio. I need to be doing HIIT workouts. I should probably do yoga. (laughs) You know, there's Mm -hmm. all these things. Are your friends doing CrossFit? You feel like you should do CrossFit. Um, we get caught up in like what I get emails about this every day. Like what should I be doing exactly? And my first recommendation is first find something you enjoy and just do that consistently. And start there kind of like, Stephanie, I don't know if you had one thing, maybe it was walking for you, or I don't know, maybe it was Pilates, whatever the first thing was for you. And then once you've got that down and you're like, I'm loving it, I'm in my Pilates routine, then you may think, okay, now I'm kind of ready to add in like some walking or some cardio or whatever. And so it's just kind of that baby step approach.
0: i really like that. And I I really like specifically how you said, build on that confidence Because I think that that's, that's the thing is, is laying in my bed, crying, feeling like I was so out of control of my body. The biggest thing I I just felt so defeated. How in the world was I going to make this massive change? And I think that like your point is so perfect. You don't make this massive change. You make a very small change tomorrow. And then the next Mm -hmm. day you try to do it again. And I think walking totally was it for me. Um, At first it was walking. Um, and then, yeah, adding a little bit of Pilates in and doing that. Like, I mean, it, you're, I, I'm so glad that you said that little baby steps that Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So I feel like my second question, and I think the second thing that's really hard is how do you keep going? Like finding time to work out is really hard. Um, I think finding the time and also finding the self-discipline or finding the, the want to in you, you know, like that's really hard. And, and I know that like, I can kind of get up the want to for about a week. And then yeah. one, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I look exactly the same. This isn't working at all. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. And then like, two, I feel like, especially in that moment when you, like when you're starting to see changes, like, um, it was so fun for me. So I, you know, I was doing a ton of Pilates. I was working out and eating really, really well, kind of before moving this summer, I'm getting back on the wagon.
1: Yeah, moving throws <laughs> it Yeah, just throws <laughs> off
0: everything. Um, but it was so exciting, like seeing muscles in my arms that I hadn't seen before, you know, and seeing muscles in my legs. I'm like, wow, oh, I didn't know they could do that. And so that I feel like keeps you going as you're seeing your, or wow, I can do this plank. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying mean things to Robin as she's telling me to hold it for 10 more <laughs> seconds, you know, like that's so encouraging. But before you get to that spot, how do you stay encouraged? How do you find time to keep doing this? Like, how do you keep it going to the point where it actually makes
1: a difference? Uh, It's such a good question. And it's everyone's struggle. It's when I ask people what their number one struggle is, it's consistency. So you're not alone in that. No one is alone in that. We all struggle with that. And I have a lot of different answers. So I got to try to pick the best one. (laughs) But I would say first and foremost, one thing you can do like right away is – when you're done exercising, every time you finish a workout, take a moment or two or three to really focus on how you feel in that moment. And if you're a journaler, then maybe, you know, write it in your journal. Um, if you're not, you know, if you have good intentions like me, but you never get your journal out anymore because kids. Um, yes. Mentally log it, you know, and, and take that moment to focus on how you feel. Now, the goal of this is you might be thinking like, that's kind of like, eh, that's like, how's that really going to help me? So there, my husband's in sports psychology. So we really nerd out on like the psychological side of everything. But what you're doing is you're starting to train your brain. You're building like a new association with exercise because how are you going to feel after workout, right? You're going to feel great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're usually going to be like, I feel confident. I feel proud. Yeah. I feel healthier. I love the way I feel. Um, that's how you feel usually because you feel accomplished. So the more you focus on that, the more you build what's called new neural pathways. So you really start to train your brain to like doing that. And to like exercise rather than, you know, that's what's going to help you really get away from that like dread, right? And that like avoidance It's not going to solve it completely, but it's totally going to help when you have this positive association with exercise that starts to build, then you're going to find yourself much more likely to be like, no, I want to go for my walk today. I want to do my Pilates today rather than what so many of us have built over the years, which is more like, oh, I don't want to work out. Oh, I don't want to, I don't, you know, want to get sweaty, whatever the thing may be. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a strategy. But then I also think it's extremely important to find ways to create structure and uh, accountability around your goals. So this is basically what I do in my business. It's why I created the sisterhood. And I have this whole wor- workshop that I teach on this exact topic. And it's basically how to, s- create a workout schedule, you can actually stick to. And the things that I go through are very much like, you need accountability. So we all do, it's going to increase your chances. It's like people who have accountability are 33% more likely to achieve their goal just with that thing alone. So whether it's a girlfriend that you say, Hey, let's be accountability buddies. And let's text each other Mm -hmm. each day and say, you know, have you got a workout in or movement in, or join something like I have. I have the Balanced Life Sisterhood, which you know, um, which is our online community. And that is a way to help build in accountability. So Facebook group, We a lot of people have support sisters and they text each other um, when they get their workouts done. So you've got that built in accountability. You also want to have some sort of structure around what you're doing. So Everyone's a little bit different in how they set up their structure. So there's not one way to do it. Um, But again, like within our membership, we have different ways to help do that. One is printing off the monthly workout calendar and people love having the physical calendar in front of you and checking the workout off each day when you get it done. Cause each day is a short workout that's assigned, right? Or a lot of people get really into it and they get cute stickers and put stickers over their workout when they're done. But it's that satisfaction and you see it in front of you each day. It's way more motivating than just kind of tucking it in the back of your head and being like, Oh, I got to do that at some point today. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some really practical things. And then there's sort of some of the more emotional things, but finding a structure that supports you and that, um, keeps you invested is really important.
0: Okay. That's really helpful. Also, I'm pretty sure I would do anything for a gold star, like just anything. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like I'm not too old for it. I, you could get me to do (laughs) anything if you give me a chart and a gold star maybe my husband should make me like a tour chart you know I feel like I would be so productive (laughs) you'd be like the housewife of the year I really would be like did you see give me one um so okay what if we and I I know that you have kind of two philosophies on this and so I really want to hear them um what if we fall off the wagon what are your thoughts on falling off the wagon because I think that's a lot of the reason why we stop is like because then you do the thing where you go, well, I mean, I might as well, whatever, you know, I haven't done this, so it doesn't really matter. Like when you fall off, the, I mean, when I fall off the wagon, I fall off major. And so what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes. So first of all, everyone will fall off the wagon, right? Like that, I think that's sort of the first mistake that people make is thinking like they're not going to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No matter what you are embarking on as far as maybe a new way of eating or a new way of exercising, you will fall off the wagon at some point. It is a part of it. And so if you can take the mentality of this being a long-term journey that will have ups and downs, so you will have days where you totally do the opposite of what you think you want to do or maybe a few days of that, or like you're, if you're in a season of transition, like a move, right. I've been eating way more takeout than I normally do. Um, like that will happen. And so I think the first thing is expecting that it's a very normal part of it. And that's, that's a part of the journey. The that's where you start to learn. Okay. So what do you do when that does happen rather than being like, Oh, I'm a failure. It's done. I, messed up. So I can't do this anymore. And then you wait another few months before you start again. That's, that's the wrong kind of thinking. Everyone's going to have days that are in weeks that are off and harder. The goal is to keep going. So one of the, the mottos that we have in the sisterhood is choosing grace over guilt. And that's kind of become our unofficial motto. And what that means is just rather when that does happen, because it will, And as you see in our Facebook group, Stephanie, it's like every day someone's like calling grace over guilt, (laughs) calling it say, because it will happen. And so what it means is just when it does happen, like let's say you had grand intentions of choosing something healthy at your family party. And instead you did not (laughs) finish the cookie and all the cakes, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And the idea is that instead of, Guilt covering yourself in guilt and shame and beating yourself up for doing something that is very normal and common and a lot of people would do you just extend grace to yourself and you choose grace over guilt you say that's normal like I I didn't do what I intended to do how do I feel okay I'm going to pick up and start fresh again tomorrow or at my next meal, or with my next workout. The key is to not do the, like what you're talking about, well, I might as well, Mm -hmm. you know, don't let it go forever until you hit rock rock bottom again. Instead, just pick back up the next day, the next meal, whatever. The same kind of thing that I often say is to really avoid the all or nothing mentality. Yes. And so that is a big thing that we fall into when we get into that style of thinking, either I'm on the diet or I'm off the diet, either I'm on the workout train or I'm off the workout train. And I lived that way for so long and it was just never productive and never successful. And one big long battle of me feeling Kind of good and then bad again. Kind of good and then bad again. But when you can get over that all or nothing mentality and just kind of go back to that small steps thing I was talking about, or even just realizing like it's not all or nothing, you will have days where it's not on point and that's fine. Just pick back up the next day and keep moving forward.
0: I feel like that's really good with food too, because I know for me, if I'm on a diet or whatever, like I, it's like, if someone tells you like, don't look over there or like oh, oh, the first thing you're going to do is look over there. If you tell me you can't have cake, well, I wasn't planning on having cake, but now give me cake or get out of my like get out of my <laughs> way. And so I think that, um, when people talk about, and I want to ask kind of on your, about your, um, kind of your f- like food philosophy in a minute here. But, um, when, like when, when people talk about moderation, like, okay, have some cake, that's okay. But also maybe for lunch tomorrow, like have a salad, or for breakfast and, you know, have a, have a good green smoothie or, you know, something like that. I think that the all or nothing thing really killed me for a really long time because I would either be like in the best shape of my life and really small and really cranky and really deprived. And then I would just kind of break because I'd be like, give me cake. And then all of a sudden I'd swing to the other side and I would gain like all the weight back. And that's such a crappy way to do it because either way you're sort of torturing yourself. Whereas if you can kind of just like Ride the middle and have a little cake and then have a smoothie. You know, there's, it just seems more sustainable.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of a balance shift that I made because I was similar, similar style of habits. And yeah. So now I just, it, it has to do with being a lot more just mindful of choices. And I am, I even call them one thing we call them. I'm opposed, opposed to the word cheat meal or cheat day. Mm -hmm. Um, instead within my programs, we just call them mindful indulgences. And the difference is that you're not sitting there eating cake because you're numbing yourself or not thinking about it or, you know, just doing it mindlessly instead, you know, it might be like, okay. I know that tonight I'm going out to this great restaurant with my husband and I want the pasta and I want a glass of wine and I want that chocolate cake dessert. And I know that because we're having a special night and that sounds great. And so instead, like you're saying that day, I'll just be more mindful. And then, you know, maybe I'll have, I'll make sure to have a healthy breakfast. Maybe instead of the, having the chips at lunch, I'll skip the chips, you know, and make sure to drink plenty of water during the day, because I know I'm just going to balance things out. Like it's not, it's not that I, you know, need to starve myself all day. Instead, no, I want to nourish my body during the day. And I want to mindfully indulge when I choose to, rather than just because it's in front of me or just because I'm off the wagon or just because I, whatever the excuse might be. Instead, it's a mindful indulgence. I'm out with my husband. It was a choice. I love it. I enjoy it. There's no guilt. Mm -hmm. And like you said, because of that, the next morning, I'll probably wake up and have a nourishing, healthy breakfast rather than, you know, going to get bagels and donuts and a frappuccino. Yeah.
0: Yes, totally. Okay. So really practically, um, if we're in a place and, and I know, I know that health and weight can be really connected and they also can be really disconnected because I know very small people who eat like Sour Patch Kids for dinner or something. I mean, like, I know, you know, it's, there are, they're sometimes connected and sometimes not. Um, But if we're in a place where we know that we have, like, indulged too much for too long and we really do know that we're not at the weight we're supposed to be at, um, how are we, what do we do in a week, um, kind of throughout our week, if we really, if losing weight is something we actually really need to be doing?
1: Yeah, and I think... I love what you said there about, you know, weight and health aren't always tied together in the way that we think they are. Um, but if if someone is on a journey and they legitimately need to lose that weight, um, I would, again, start small. <laughs> so find those small changes that you can consider. I love to encourage people to focus, to make the shift. In the same way we make the shift of not using exercise as punishment, we also make the shift of focusing on nourishing your body and filling your body with as much good stuff as possible, rather than cutting out stuff, taking stuff away and avoiding stuff. So that doesn't mean that down the road, you might, you know, have less processed foods, have less sweet treats, all those things. But to make the shift first of how can I fill my body in my plate with the stuff that's good for me and going to make me feel my best and you know, help my skin, help my energy. That's a much more exciting and wonderful way to approach food than feeling like I can't have this. I can't have that. And I know I can't have anything. So this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So those, those are two shifts I would make. Losing weight is a combination of exercise and diet. Um, most people don't realize that, actual, like getting the weight off is probably about 80% diet. Isn't that such a
0: bummer? I feel like that's the worst. Like Right? When I
1: first learned that, I was like, I remember, I remember where I was. I was in my like training and all this stuff. And the woman who told me she'd been working with so many clients, I'm like, Really? (laughs) I'm like,
0: are you sure? Are you sure? I totally, I remember where I was. I saw like a, uh, like a little poster at my gym, um, in Colorado. And I remember seeing that going, that can't be true. Like I'm at the gym, like trying to really work and, oh, come on. That's just the worst.
1: Yes. And it is true. And I think that's one of the things that I run into with clients a lot is you, it's very hard to just purely lose weight or make significant changes in your body without addressing what you're eating. And so, you know, I'll get people who come to Pilates or who would do uh, private sessions with me and not be seeing the results as quickly as they would like. But if you're not eating a good diet, and it doesn't have to be a perfect diet, it's a a well-rounded, balanced diet, you're going to have a harder time seeing results from your workouts. So that doesn't mean the workouts aren't important, right? They work together. Mm-hmm um to bring the results the quickest and the most effective and you know the the muscle that you're going to build from your workouts is going to help to shape your body and tone your body and help you to burn more calories so they work together but I do think people underestimate the food part
0: okay
1: and um I'm curious for you was that a part of your journey was the figuring out the food part or
0: yeah um and I mean I feel like I, I totally do it imperfectly. Something that, and I'm, I'm nervous to say this cause I'm nervous. You're going to be like, this is the worst. Don't do that. Um, no. but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, something that I started doing that actually really helped me a lot was tracking my calories.
1: And, um, I think that when, <laughs> I love that you're, I love that you're scared of what I'm going to say to that. <laughs> I
0: am, I'm like, Oh, but here's, here's why. And so I think that when people would tell me before that they were counting calories, it made me feel nervous for them. Like Oh gosh, like they're really, really grasping onto this with like too much control. Like this is getting unhealthy. I think I thought that they were sort of went hand in hand, but for me, one thing is I didn't have any idea how much how many calories I was eating, and I remember when I first started, um, when I first started doing it, we went out to dinner. A friend was in town, and so Carl and I took her out to dinner, and we went to our favorite place, and I went back and tracked my calories and like looked up on the like on the restaurant's website like how many calories were in the things. I had eaten 4,000 calories that day without even feeling bad. Like it was normal. normal. So that was twice as many as a healthy adult should be eating. Like it it was crazy. And I just didn't know. And so I think that that was really, I just needed to know kind of what I was working with here. And I think it became like a budget to me. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I'm going to restrict myself here. It was, it was what you talked about with like, um, going to dinner with your husband where it's like, okay, I know that I'm going to want ice cream tonight and I'm getting ice cream tonight.
1: You better yeah. believe I'm getting ice cream. You're going to budget for
0: it. Totally. I'm going to budget for it. So I'm I'm going to maybe not put a whole bunch of, I don't know, I'm totally making this up like croutons on my salad for lunch, or maybe I'll do a salad instead of a big sandwich. And actually it turns out my sandwich that I normally get is like my whole calories for the day, which I didn't know. And so it was just, it was really just more budgeting and just being more mindful And it allowed me a lot of freedom, which I think budgets, oddly, they sound like they're going to restrict us. They actually give us way more freedom because we're not just mindlessly spending. We're getting to say, I actually didn't really care about those croutons or that sandwich. I'm fine eating like some like kind of lame veggie sandwich for lunch because I know I'm getting pasta and cake at dinner. And I think that it was sort of that, like that kind of back and forth thing that really, it really, I mean, it made a really big difference for me
1: yeah that's great. No, I'm not mad at you for that i I'm, <laughs> I'm not opposed <laughs> but I okay, think good. Stephanie knows that um sometimes I do talk about i think a I think you're spot on I think that one of the first things is kind of becoming aware of what we're eating, and for you and for me and for many people, yeah, how many calories are you actually eating? um you know, I used to go, for example, I used to go to Chipotle and I remember I still go to Chipotle all the time. Oh me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I that came out wrong. I still go all the time. But I remember thinking at a time like, oh, I would if let's say I didn't want to have a lot of calories or something, I'd be like, Oh, I'm just gonna get chips and guac or chips and salsa. Whereas like a bowl to me seemed like ton more food. So I was making the healthier, quote unquote, healthier or like lower calorie choice by eating chips and salsa or chips and guacamole. And that's not true, like at all. The chips, you know, that actually can end up being like way more calories than having like a salad or a bowl from Chipotle. So the point being, um, and that's not like a direct example, but the point being having an understanding of, yeah, what choices you're making, you know, what are those portion sizes that you should be getting back to. Cause that's portion. Most of our portions are bigger than we realize. And, um, so I, I'm not opposed to that. I think for some people there's personalities or histories or backgrounds where if they do get kind of obsessed with numbers, then calorie counting can backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be good, like information gathering and then go from there. The same is true, I would say, with like Fitbits. I think they're fantastic for most people and can be used really healthfully by most people. But if you're someone who is prone, maybe you have eating disorders in the past or addictive tendencies and you get kind of obsessed with numbers, the scale, calories, whatever – Even those fitness trackers can cause a little bit of obsession and that's not the freedom we're going for. So I don't have a problem like with people at all using metrics that can be so helpful unless you notice that you are the kind of person that like you get kind of obsessed with that or you don't find like you're finding the freedom, which is awesome and that's there. But for some people, they would feel more bondage. So knowing ourselves is great. And then I think you're spot on too, is also the next step too, is learning. Okay. Take it the next step further, which foods maybe like, how do they work in our bodies? So, you know, you could choose, I always use the example of a lower calorie food, which is baked lays, okay, or a higher calorie food with more fat, like an avocado. And if you were looking at them on paper, just calories and fat, you would choose the baked lays, Right. Yep. But if, you're thinking of it from a more nourishing perspective of what is best for your body and more, you know, natural, how your body's going to use it, how it's going to be digested. The avocado is the better choice.
0: Because when it's like healthier stuff, your body actually processes it. It doesn't like, I took a nutrition class and I feel like I didn't pay enough attention in college. (laughs) Um, But like, if it's a better thing for you, it's like your body, it's like actual fuel. And it's not just like sitting on your body is like, I don't know. This isn't how it works, but like just sitting on your body is fat. It like has been used, whereas baked lays maybe less, but like how is your body going to actually really use that? So it
1: yeah, it's not like nutrient dense, right? So it's not packed with nutrients. It's going to be treated in your body as extra carbohydrates, which turns into extra sugar, which turns into extra stored fat, right? Okay. Yes. Whereas like an avocado, your body is going to use that as fuel, and it's 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 so usually the things that are not calorie dense, or I'm sorry, nutrient dense, this is a whole, we could have a whole nother podcast, but the whole concept is usually the things that are not nutrient dense are usually processed foods, right? So things that are nutrient dense are plants, you know, produce, fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, legumes, all the good natural earthy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then The stuff that's not nutrient dense is tends to be more things like baked goods, crackers, chips, candy. So we know inherent inherently that like one's more good for you than the other. And so there's kind of a couple of different ways you can look at it. But yeah, eating the things that are nutrient dense, your body is going to use more efficiently and is going to fuel your body better. And it will end up as like extra stored fat as much. Yeah. Cause you don't need it. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't do anything for you really. Yeah. yeah it's just sense. for cravings yeah. for, cause it tastes good. Totally. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I feel like, oh my gosh, we could talk forever. Um, but I want to ask you, I know that your, um, your heart for the bounce life is so much bigger than just like weight loss or, you know, having our muscles that you haven't seen before, which I totally have now that I didn't before. Um, mm-hmm. but I know that, I know that a lot of us have, um, just body insecurity kind of regardless of how we look. Um, and so can you like speak to that? Like what, what are some, do you have any tips or tricks for us to feel more comfortable in our skin and just like love ourselves better kind of regardless of where we are on our fitness journeys?
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's the fine line, right? We want to love our bodies as they are. We want to love the bodies we've been given And some of us may also be working towards health and weight loss and fitness journeys, right? So how do you find that balance? And I think that's a great question to be asking. Um, (laughs) Interestingly, my first piece of advice is to go exercise and not to lose weight, right? Because purely because you're going to feel so much better when you do something to move your body. And so it doesn't matter if that workout – How many calories it burns doesn't matter if it helps you lose weight. That's not even the point. The point is that actually exercise does help you love your body more. It does help you appreciate when you finish. Haven't you ever had that feeling Stephanie, where you finish a workout and you automatically like feel either a thinner or stronger. And like, it was just one workout. Like it's, you probably don't look any different, but you feel like you can feel like your legs feel stronger after doing a leg workout. Yes. Right. Yes. You like, you feel feel more more beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of the feeling like you will just feel like one workout can make me feel like I can feel like if I have a few days of like not eating very good and not exercising, I can feel, oh my gosh, blah, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I feel like I've gained weight and then I can do one workout and be, have a good sweat and feel like after I get on my shower, like, I'm back. (laughs) And it's like, nothing changed really. But so kind of a like roundabout way to say it, but so do exercise that will help you feel absolutely better. Second, I think we kind of talked about this a while ago, actually, when you did a guest blog for me, but find clothes that you feel good in. And so if you are still trying to fit into clothes from your college days, or your high school days, or your pre-baby days, depending on whatever stage of life you're in, you don't have to use that. We all I feel like we all get stuck in a metric of somebody that we think we're always going to get back to, whether that's your 15-year-old body shape and size, whether that's your 18-year-old body shape and size, your 22-year-old, it's different for everyone. But like at some point, you have to acknowledge the fact that you are different now, you are at a different age, your body shape is different and your body size is different. And that's okay. So to get rid of that, whatever that weight, maybe it's a number, you know, like everyone seems to have like this magic number, magic number that has been I don't know what it comes from, whether it was high school, like when you felt your best, but usually like I find that with clients, they have a number they've been holding on to since their you know, I have 55 year old women who have this number in their mind from when they were 25 and that's just, your body's different. So, so releasing what you think you should be focus on where you are now and get rid of whatever those clothes are that you're still holding on to that you think they're going to fit. And like, yes, maybe you will lose that weight and maybe you will get back to that size. But you're going to want to buy new clothes at that point. So whatever those things are in your closet that you are just holding on to, find the thing, buy a few new pieces that help you feel amazing. Stephanie, you wrote that post and it was actually in kind of a challenging season, it sounds like, totally. but of going up a jean size. Yeah. And how that just, it was like, it's one size. It's not the end of the world. But doing that helped you to just be like, oh, I can get dressed now. I feel really good in these jeans. I can go out without having the conversation of why am I a failure? Why do I feel so big? Why blah, blah, blah. Instead you can slip on your beautiful new jeans one size up. No one else is going to notice. No one cares. And... It wasn't
0: it wasn't the like slippery slope I thought it would be. Like I think I thought that if I went up one oh, jean oh. size, I'd go up a thousand. And really I went back down. Like so I I don't wear those jeans anymore. Um but in the time when I needed them, when I was going through tons of transitions and I mean there were so many like my body needed grace to exactly like grace over guilt and and actually the kind of twist to that story was I got these new jeans. They were so comfy. They were high-waisted. So they covered like all the belly areas that were different in those days. And like, they were so soft and stretchy. And I didn't even notice until like two weeks after I bought them, but I felt so much better in them. And I was picking them up about to put them on and written in the back of the jeans, absolutely clear as day. It was the word
1: grace. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Couldn't Aww. Believe it. Couldn't oh my it. gosh. I love it. Yeah.
0: But I, so, think that, I, I love what you're saying. I think that like being kind to our bodies and treating them well and focusing on what we can do for them instead of, um, instead of punishing them and also focusing on what they do for us. Like, yes. um, I, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but like you are like, your your body has made two beautiful babies. You know, my best friend just had a baby and, and her body had a baby. Like our bodies are made to dance and love and snuggle and, um, and take long walks and, um, I don't know they just do so much for us and and I think that something that I found is the more that I can kind of thank my body for the things it does and appreciate it for what it is and and say nice things to it. Sometimes it feels so counterintuitive like I want to um I want to like really what I want to say is like wow, do you see those dimples like on the back of your legs and and what I have to choose to say is like you look beautiful today. Like you are beautiful today. I don't know. I I think that um just thinking our bodies for who, like what they are and and how they've been made, I think just makes such a difference.
1: Agreed. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. I think that's a huge part of it is starting to pay attention to the way we talk to ourselves. And like you said, be kind, be gentle with ourselves. And remember that just because we accept ourselves and love ourselves doesn't mean we can't still make positive changes, right? So the two can coexist together I think what you were saying is feeling like, oh, it would be a slippery slope if you went up a gene size. I think sometimes we can do the same thing with, but if I accept myself as I am right now, then it's a slippery slope as well, right? Because then I'm okay with it and then I'll gain more weight and then da da da. And that's not true. It, it's actually most likely you're going to see the opposite effect. When you start to love your body and appreciate your body, you'll take care of it better, see better results. And the, the slippery slope will go the other way (laughs) into more positive changes.
0: I love that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Okay. Um, I feel like I could ask you a thousand more questions, but I want to end with just a few fun ones. Um, I would love to know what God's teaching you right now.
1: Oh, that is a good question. So many things. (laughs) I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a challenging season. Um, but you know what I think he was teaching me the most, which to some people, it might like roll your eyes, but is accepting blessings. And he's teaching me like that. It's okay to just be fully grateful and appreciate goodness just because he wants to bless us with goodness. So I think sometimes I, I tempted to, complicate things or worry about things or, you know, kind of tarnish some of the good blessings because of fear or wanting to control. And I think right now, I feel like God is really trying to teach me that like to just accept blessings for what they are and enjoy them.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So what's something kind of random in life that's bringing you joy right now?
1: Oh, random in life. that's bringing me joy. Um, Oh my goodness. I'm literally in such a whirlwind. So, I would say that I don't know if this is random, but we just moved into a new house like you. Mm -hmm. And so, I, one of my favorite things in the world is decorating a space. Like, I love setting up a home, decorating our home. And so, it's not necessarily random, but it is such a joy bringer to me. And I've been tempted, like, I love it so much. I've been tempted to be like, Oh, I want to start a blog on this or I want to, (laughs) but I won't let myself do it because it is just such a joy and an outlet for me that I don't want to turn it into work or anything like that or expectations. So I'm just having it's actually quite stressful in the moment, but as soon as we get some house projects done, it's going to be that the fun part will begin.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that you said that. It that same thing. Decorating my house and setting up my house brings me so much joy. I'm not particularly good at it. Like I'm not. I'm not one of those people who like effortlessly styles shelves. Like I'm not that person. Yeah. But I really yeah. enjoy it. It brings me so much joy. And I thought before too, like oh, should I try to get really good at this? Or should I try to like turn this into something? And then I go, no, it is so nice to do something that there's no pressure on. Nobody cares.
1: I don't have to be good at it. I can just enjoy it. Don't have to pause and take pictures of it. Right. No, totally. (laughs) So uh, totally. It's one thing I'm like, I like protect as my little hobby. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So then the last question is just, who's a woman that's inspiring you right now?
1: So many, um, I would, there's a handful in my personal life, but I can't really share those with others. So I would say there's two people that come to mind right off the top of my head. One is, um, Erin Lochner Mm -hmm. and I just love her. I just love her approach. She's a writer, um, and a blogger, so you can find her online Mm -hmm. and she just provides a really balanced, beautiful, I think, approach to sharing life online. Mm-hmm. Um and I just find her very inspiring and authentic from what I can tell. <laughs> I've never met her in person, but I, I assume that she is. Um and then another kind of random one is Sarah Blakely. Yes. She
0: do you know her? I well, I I don't know her, but I
1: yeah. tell <laughs> she is yes. know her like I know her through yeah. like online. Totally. Yes. <laughs> I am obsessed with her. She is the founder of Spanx Mm -hmm. and has just, she has a fantastic story um, of how she started it and just has grown one of the most successful businesses ever and just lives this wild life of a mom, a working mom with, I think she has like four, four or five kids. I don't know. Lots of little kids. And I just, I follow her on Instagram and kind of listen to any interviews I can find with her. And I just find her to be her approach to life to be so wonderful and so refreshing.
0: Have you listened to the interview on how I built this, where she talks about how she built Spanks?
1: No, but I've heard her share that story elsewhere, but I'll have to go find that one. Yes. So
0: there's a podcast called how I built this and it's awesome. And it's stories of um, really, really well-known entrepreneurs that have started different things and the story behind it. And it's so good. And, and her episode was my favorite. It's so good.
1: Okay. I am going to go find it, but that's kind of how I got hooked on her was hearing how she started Sphinx and like what she did. And she got all her friends, like go buy it. And just amazing example of someone who is just like, you don't have to have the credentials. You don't have to have, you know, the fancy Harvard business, degree you can just follow your dreams and make things happen if you're dedicated and and driven and stay the course I love
0: that well Robin I am so grateful that you made the time I know you have so many things going on in life right now but I'm so grateful for your time and for your insight and thank you for meeting us and meeting me specifically in such a such a like vulnerable part of life and for being so encouraging and and I just love that about you um before we go, can you just give, um, tell our, our girls where they can find you, um, online. Cause I know that they're going to want to, want to follow up with you and want to get in on what you're doing and what's a good way for, for them to get started with you. Like if they're like, I need to work out with this girl. Cause, cause you really, you do, because I work out there and she's awesome. Um, <laughs> but where can they, where can they find you and follow you? And, um, and what's a good like starting program um for them to, yeah. to get involved with you?
1: Yeah. So, I do all of my Pilates teaching and training now online. So you can find me at thebalancedlifeonline.com. That's my website. And when you go there, depending on when you're listening to this episode, you can either opt in for three free workouts that are right there. So you can kind of give them a taste or give them a, you know, see if they're a good fit for you and give those a try. You can just do them from home or depending on when you're listening to this, I may be running a free Pilates challenge, which is something I do throughout the year. So if you go to my website, you'll be able to find out more. And then you can also find me on Instagram at the balanced life. And that's where I kind of prefer to spend my online time.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, Robin, thank you again so much for being here. I just, I'm so happy we got to spend the morning together and I'm so happy. I got to introduce you um, to my girls. So thank you.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure being here.
0: Friends, thank you so much for joining us for Girls' Night. I just love having you here. If you enjoyed the episode, it would mean so much to me if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing is the very best way to make sure you never miss an episode. You don't ever have to go looking for them. You don't have to remember when the next one's coming out. Your podcast app will do that all for you. It'll just download the new episodes the second that they're released. Easy, right? The other thing that would mean so much to me is if you would take a second to leave a rating and review... Ratings and reviews are how new people find the podcast. That's how iTunes knows to share the podcast with new people. And that's the best way for us to invite new friends to Girls Night. So go and subscribe and leave a rating and a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, make sure to keep an eye out for our episode next week. We're going to be talking to my sweet friend Carly. And Carly is just hilarious. You are going to love her. Um, And she and I are going to be talking about the six things we are so happy we did before we got married. You're going to love it. So thank you so much for listening, friends, for joining us for Girls Night, and I cannot wait to see you back here next week.